Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. So pumped for today's episode with Dr. Mike DeMarco, one of my buddies, one of my friends. Now check it out. Mike is the co-founder of an eight-figure supplement company that is very well known, and they founded this company on just a couple of credit cards. Matter of fact, he goes deep in talking about how to grow a business quickly without over-leveraging yourself and over-borrowing. And he even talks about leveraging your business using social media and word of mouth. And then he talks about how to move on from a partnership that might not be serving you and how to make sure you are always living your passion. Mike is full of amazing knowledge. He's full of great tips and tricks. So let's get started. Let's go. All right, Mike, thank you so much for being on, man. I feel like it's just a few days that we were hanging out. Dude, it was a few days ago. It was a few days ago. So I want to dive right in. You've done so many epic things in the business world, and, and you've done them not only in a short period of time, but you've done them multiple times, and there's so many bits and pieces that we want to pull out of that. So you open, you game? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's start with the one that maybe people know the best, and that is the huge eight-figure supplement company called Shreds. Now, you're one of the co-founders of that. Yes. And a lot of times, uh, you know, the guy named Arvin, he kind of gets a lot of the media around being one of the co-founders, but you were right there from day one getting that thing off the ground. So why don't you paint that picture for us? How did you guys get Shreds off the ground? I mean, he is a CEO, so obviously people should know about him. Um, and huge start, huge from the start, right? So... I, so I had a lot of experience in the supplement industry. I worked for a few supplement companies. I was really into bodybuilding. And my whole goal working for those companies was to one day open up my own company. And I just never felt like I was ready. I had a false start when I was younger. Try, had a few people that I worked with. We were, maybe we were going to do something and it never uh, turned into anything. And then Luckily, I got fired from one of those companies and I went back to school. I became a chiropractor. I followed my passion to be able to help people with their physical bodies, um, which now I realize is a lot more than that, but that's another story. And uh, while I was in school, hooked up with my friend Arvin and just came to the realization of why, why aren't we doing this? It's, I, it was my first bodybuilding competition that I competed in. I was in school taking midterms, taking clinic entrance exam. Um, and I, it just put things into perspective, like getting ready for my first bodybuilding competition and where I was at in my life. Like, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. And we both didn't have a lot of money to start, but we had a experience. I had a lot of experience in the industry. I knew where to source supplements, knew how to name products, I knew how to put it all together. I knew it had to be about a lifestyle. I knew a lot about marketing than just selling a product. If you're going to sell a product, you see these products all the time, right? We see them in magazines and like ads in the back of the newspapers. Like you just see the name, it's super generic and it's just a product. It's like glutamine or uh, fat burner or whatever. 
and we really knew we had to build a lifestyle. And Arvin had a little bit of fame. He was on a Jersey Shore, and he knew a lot of people, and he was great at promoting, great at marketing, great at sales, and he was really into fitness too. And it just fit. And we met our our other partner, Encore, right, who's our partner right now, um, on that, and he helped us with everything in the back end, you know, the the website, the labels, connecting us with people. And it would it just grew from there. And it was I think it really grew because it was about the lifestyle, helping the athletes, helping the athletes to make money. Um, and that's one of the things that I saw when I worked in the industry was the athletes didn't really make any money. Like people were putting millions of dollars into these ads and millions people were making millions of dollars off of them but the actual guys in the magazines the bodybuilders the faces that everybody knew they were maybe getting $500 a month in supplements so we changed that we took care of our people and we took care of the people that we were selling to and we made it about helping them with more than just here's a product we're going to give you a whole lifestyle we're going to tell you how to eat right how to train um, just doing things that really add value and teaming up with the right people, teaming up with influencers, teaming up with um, the right team internally. You know, Mike, it's, it's so funny yeah. that, you, that you actually mentioned the crappy sponsorships that supplement companies were yeah. actually giving at the time. My wife, Lori, who competed successfully for a long time, I remember she'd quote, be a sponsor for a company and, and you'd get a few hundred bucks Lori worth knows. of supplements. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it, was it was garbage. It was garbage. They were doing all the work oh, yeah. and it was garbage. Here's what else is funny. You mentioned you got fired and that kind of pointed you in the direction that you went today. It's so funny how that happens in life. You know, when I got laid off of corporate America, I felt like, holy crap. I mean, this is life is over. Yeah. What do you do next? And without that happening, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today. So it's really funny how those little twists and turns in life kind of point you in the right direction. Hey, Dude, everything happens for a reason, right? Like everything is just like, a little nudge pushing you so where you're supposed to be like where you're supposed to be like getting fired yeah it sucks like and most of the, the time that I got fired it was for something that I didn't even do um, myself it was so higher up could kind of cover their own ass but it was a blessing it, it pushed me in the direction I was supposed to be going into I and I really think that staying there and working there and getting stuck I would have never moved forward, I would never have done what I did. Are you willing to share with everyone what you did to get fired? Oh, so yeah, I was working for another supplement company, really big name, named after one of my, one of my idols in bodybuilding. Um, actually, he owned the company. He was the boss. He lived in my hometown, looked up to him. I mean, super, super nice guy personally, but he surrounded himself with the wrong people. So at the Olympia, um, there was a pallet of supplements that was supposed to be getting watched and counted so one of the other, other distributors that was there could take them. They, they bought them and it, instead of shipping it back to the company, we shipped it to them directly. And I gave the list to my manager and somehow he lost it. So that was his strike one. And then strike two was they had this, I was man, I managed the athletes like to do demo booths and stuff like that and they this one store wanted this girl in New Jersey for some reason but she lived in Massachusetts 
And at the last, I booked her flight and everything like that. And the last minute, she says that she can't come because she has something to do with her boyfriend that weekend. And I booked the ticket wrong and all this stuff. Meanwhile, we go on for months about the date. And they just had a conniption about that. Blamed it on me, fired me. But they fired everybody along the way. <laughs> no one no one at the company now that works there besides the owner is the same person. Oh, my God. That's funny. Hey, it was meant to be. So let's talk about that. You know, you were fired and there's never a good opportune time to start a business, it feels like. And, and if anybody took it from nothing to something... That's what you did, not just once with shreds, but twice with shreds and your practices that you have now. So let's talk about that. You founded an eight-figure business on credit cards. Like how much yeah. money are we talking here? It was a $15,000 credit card. Oh my gosh. So how in the yeah. world did you do that? So we found a, I had, I had really good credit. So my mom was always on my ass to like have good credit my whole life, pay your bills, uh, pay your bills on time, pay your bills at the every month, use your credit card, like uh, cash. Which so I never really had bad credit. I never had those problems. So I, had, I was able to get a credit card, found a manufacturer, start small, and built from there. We just built with what we had instead of raising money and using other people's money to grow, and not learning how to make money in the first place. Which I think is a I know is a huge a huge mistake a lot of people make now. Every people see the startups in Silicon Valley and. Ever wants to be the next next Facebook or the next uh, Instagram or get some VC funding and be in the next app, but um, they never learned how to make money. And the the way they learn how to make money is by raising money. Where when you start with nothing and you just build on top of that, build on top of that, and you keep on just doing that, in the end you're gonna have a company that's yours, not somebody else's, and. You're going to be able to make decisions that you want to make. Um, and that means fulfilling your vision. Like how many times have we seen companies that were somebody's vision and then they sell them to somebody else and then somebody else just runs it into the ground because they're trying to do things just to make money because they don't really believe in the, the business. Um, we see it all the time. We saw it with like specifically MySpace, right? So MySpace was Tom's vision. He grew MySpace. It grew really big. And then who who bought them? Uh, the news company. They bought them and then just like tried to use them to sell people stuff, turned it into a business. They saw a huge opportunity and then just ran into the ground and nobody even uses MySpace anymore, even though it is a really great name for a social media channel. <laughs> So it's almost a blessing when your back's against the wall. I mean, you're painting this picture of when you have a ton of venture capital coming in that you almost grow your company in a spoiled way and you never have to yeah. sharpen your teeth. It's, it's, it's almost too much better to have cushion. your back against the wall. It's too much cushion. Like when you have that like safety net, that huge safety net, you never really just get off your ass and just do something. It's the same thing why, why we don't really see a lot of really super successful entrepreneurs coming up from like a privileged background. You just don't see it. Like, those people have that safety net. They never really have, they don't have anything to lose unless they really put it in their back of their mind. Like they really don't have that safety net and really have everything to lose if they don't succeed. Um, like a great example of that is like Steve Aoki. He was, his father was super successful. He had a safety net if he really wanted it to, but he his safety net wasn't there because he didn't want to live that life. And he became super successful. You know, 
Um, it's funny you mentioned that. I've got some friends I grew up with, and they have you know the family business that's been passed down. So we could call that the safety net. And the business is successful, and they work there today, and it's going to yeah. be a great business for their entire life. But they're not truly happy. It was just something that was handed down, almost like a list of chores and and some income that came along with it. Yeah, and it's pretty. It's pretty much just a job. You know, yeah, at that point, it, it is. You're, it is someone else's dream. Someone else's dream. Someone else's vision. And if you if you just want to make money, then do that. But if you want to actually have a great life and be fulfilled, because the the meaning of point of life is not money. Money allows you to do things, allows you to help people, allows you to grow, allows you freedom. But you have to be fulfilled too. You have to be doing things that make you happy, doing things that feed that whatever your mission is, whatever your purpose is in this life. So if it's to help people, if it's to help other people grow, it's to, if it's to have a family, if it's to just build great relationships, if it's to travel the world, like you got to do that. You once told me, Money can never be the goal. You and I had a conversation about that in the past. Yeah. So if money isn't the goal when you're first starting a business, talk to the entrepreneurs out there. What should the goal be? The goal should be put yourself in the consumer's shoes and think about, am I adding value to them? Am I making their life better? Am I giving them something that's going to add to their life? If you're just trying to sell them something that's not a good product or not adding value or just wasting time or just doing things so that you can make money. So you're really just like tricking them. Like, uh, so I have some, I got into an argument with one of someone who's pretty big on Instagram. He's like a money guy, mentor, mentor to millions, mentor to millionaire people. So <laughs> I love how you're beating around his, the bush. <laughs> not going to say his name, but uh, he got an argument with me because I, I saw a post that he promoted of this company that he's involved in that sells a product to small businesses that in my experience literally adds no value to the business and just takes from them, takes money from them for advertising that doesn't work. So I've experienced that I lived it. I have a local business. So instead of taking my advice that you shouldn't invest in companies just to make money, he said that he built the company to a million dollar business and that's helping people because he is selling the franchise to people for $30,000 and that's how he made the money. Not money from actual clients, money from selling a franchise to somebody for a lot of money if you don't have it and the promise of success knowing that they're not going to be successful. So I, I just think that taking money from people without adding value to their lives is not going to benefit anybody in the long run. Like that's the short game. Like if you want to play the short game, if you want to just make some quick cash, yeah, you can deceive people. You can sell products that don't really add any value to their lives. You can trick them. All of that. You can do things that are unfulfilling but that's the short game. If you want to play the long game, if you want to win long term, if you want to make a lot of money, like seven figures is great. But if you want to like go past that, if you want to go to the making 
impact in a billions of people's lives type realm, like you have to do something that adds value to your life. You can't be chasing money. You can't be just trying to trick people. Let's take that further. So talk to the guy who has a six-figure business and he wants to turn it into a seven-figure business. Talk to the guy who has a seven-figure business. He wants to turn it into an eight-figure business like you had. What are the... What's missing? Like, what does he or she need to do to take each of those steps? You have to be willing to maybe cut things that aren't adding to the mission, right? You know, we heard that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you have to really focus on, you have to really look at your business and say, like, am I having an impact in people's lives with the product that I'm selling? And if you're not, Maybe you need to do something completely different or pivot or find a way to make that change people's lives. And you have to build a brand that everybody can identify with. You can't just build a brand that's your name, that's built around your ego. You have to think about something that really connects with your consumer, with your ideal person. And that, I think that really comes down to, to branding, you know, making the, building the companies that are really huge. Like if Facebook was called Zuckerberg's book, <laughs> would, would want it because it's named after him. But no one would buy it. If, you know, it, it, you got to create a brand that connects if you want to go into that, the, the realms that you can't even imagine. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. Now, you've had a lot of yeah. success. It wasn't just a, an easy trip to the top. I'm sure you had some wall-kicking moments, whether it's oh, yeah. with your really successful practice that you have or whether it's with shreds. Share one of those really wall-kicking moments with us just so that we know you're real, just so, we, so, <laughs> so that we know that when we have them, they're okay. Um, so there's there's a few, right? But you have to like you have to not let those stop you. You get pissed off. You want to walk out of the room. You want to blow every. You want to blow the whole thing up because it just isn't working, or something pisses you off, or it is. I mean, whatever it is, you just have to get through it. I'm a I'm a pretty passive person. I let a lot of stuff just slide. Uh, that's one of the reasons not a lot of people know me with with shreds because i kind of i'm super passive i kind of just if things are running great i just let them run great um probably the biggest thing that happened to me is uh just so in my practice i had this this it's not even with shreds with this uh woman i had as an employee um she kind of did something just really not great um you know accusing you of things that you didn't do just because you you fire them because they're not doing a good job and then they come and try to attack you in a way that really it's it's super personal when the whole time you're just trying to be a good person trying to help them you super you appreciate them for helping you to get where you're at but when they don't do the right thing 
and you have to let them go and they do something really vindictive and attack you personally, which happened to me, like that took me a really long time to get over. How were you feeling? How'd you get through it? Um, I just had to like, just keep going, just keep moving forward, just keep trying to grow and um, just trying to grow my business and just focusing on that and focusing on the real, the real relationships that I had, you know, not reminding myself not to take those things personal that really that whenever somebody attacks you or does something negative to you or says something negative about you it's really them saying about themselves so i did i've done a lot a lot of work um meditating doing a lot of spiritual work going on a lot of journeys to find that peace uh, even though i'm a super pretty peaceful guy to begin with just going really deep into that. And that's how you get over things like that. When you have those really wall-kicking moments, you have to see that everything is happening for you. Everything is happening for you. It's not happening to you. Like when those bad things happen, those wall-kicking moments happen, when your partners do something that you know just upsets you, when people take credit for your ideas, when things aren't said perfectly... And things aren't said about you in a perfect light. At the end of the day, you can't take personal offense to those things, and you have to just let them slide and realize that they're happening for you to get you to where you need to be. Like a little course correction, a little nudge. Um, like me getting fired, that was a little nudge in the right direction. Like I'm sure anything, if you take a take a step back and look at it, you'll you'll see the real reason why. Man, I love that that concept of things are happening for you, not happening to you. I feel like just that nugget alone will give people permission to embrace what's happening, even if it doesn't feel good in the moment and just keep going. So they eventually reach their dreams of having, you know, whatever business it is that they're trying to grow. Yeah. Or anything, anything. It could be like as simple as, so on our, on my way to uh, LA, I almost missed my flight. There was car, two car accidents. It took me forever to get to the airport. I was about to cancel my flight, and I just thought to myself, like, this is happening for me. I got there exactly when I was supposed to be boarding. I didn't have to wait in the airport. I didn't even have to rush. Exactly at the time, I just went and sat down in my seat because I hate waiting in the airport. Just being on perfect time. like, And that keeps happening. Every time I feel like something's happening to change things i just remember that it's happening for me and it ends up working out it ends up being like the either the perfect time perfect situation you're running late the other person just happens to be running late you get there at the same time but when you fight it you end up causing problems for yourself and you end up being unhappy you know full transparency that's something i still work on today is letting things happen for me instead of taking it as if they're happening to me and you know, I'm the one that might blow off the handle a little bit. Yeah. So let me tell you, Lori's going to love you <laughs> for sharing that lesson with me as I, as I start implementing that into my life. Now, on that topic, you classified yourself as passive and, and peaceful. And the time I spent with you, you are definitely that. Now, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are selling this concept of you got to work harder than everyone else. You got to be type A. You got to go, go, go. You got to you know, kill something and drag it back to the cave or you're not going to succeed. That's a really hot topic right now. You are not that guy. So speak to the entrepreneurs, give them permission 
that maybe don't have that type A personality that can look to you for guidance? Well, I'm also like, I'm not that competitive. So I, I've never really been a sports guy because I can't, I just can't get into like playing, playing a sport and getting mad at somebody for something I just don't think is that important. <laughs> so that's, that's just how I am. So when a lot of people think about business, they think of it like a sport, you have to win. There's not enough pieces of the pie. Like if you, if you let somebody else take over, then you're going to lose and you just can't look at it like that. You have to look at things like there's enough for everybody and you just have to go for it. You just have to put your best foot forward and do the right thing and put your best product out there and you're going to find your tribe. You're going to find your people that connect with you and you're going to make it. Like there's 8 billion people in this world. If you really look at the numbers of what it takes to make a million dollars and make 10 million or a hundred million or um, even a billion depending on how much your product costs, it doesn't take that many people to reach that number. It doesn't take that many, if you really think about it, it doesn't take that many sales to reach that number. So these companies that are doing a billion dollars, they're only reaching a small percentage of the population of the earth. So you just have to realize, remember, there's enough to go around. There totally is. You know, it only takes a thousand people to spend a thousand dollars with you for every million dollars you want to make. And, and when you break it down that way, it actually seems borderline simple, doesn't it? It's like hardly, it's not even that many people in a year. No, not at all. Now, you could almost quantify that as, as making impact. And, and that's what For the Love of Money is all about. It's not mm -hmm. about, did you get rich? It's about, how's the world a better place? Because you created successful businesses. Now, you've created a business that is helping tons of people get healthy. You've created a practice that's create, you know allowing tons of people to get healthy. How would you quantify the impact that your success has had on this world? Well, you, you can quantify it by, you know, a few different ways. You can look at how many charities you invested in. You can look at how many char like how many, you know, babies you kissed. How many, <laughs> how many like dogs you fed. Whatever it is, right? But. I think the best way is by looking at what your business and what your actions actually have been in your life. So if your business that you started or the job that you do really, really adds value, makes an impact like directly to people's lives, you can use that to measure. Or your day-to-day -day interactions, like me with you, you with somebody else, like when you're meeting anybody in your life, if you're just like, what did you do for them to change their life? the chances are that you're going to affect millions and millions of people. Yeah. If so you just help. Yeah. Butterfly you, effect. Right. If you just help as many people as you can, whether it's with your bit, with your business, like if your business actually has a purpose for the business or if your business sells, let's say headphones and you donate a portion of the profits to making one person here per headphone, like that's an impact because you sold those headphones. So if you attach a purpose to your business or your business already has a purpose, that to me is the way like I could have, you know, any, I could have went and worked on wall street to just moved money for a living. And I mean, there's not you used to used to work a lot with money. Right. And yep. now you help people like, how does it, it feels so for me so much better than doing something like that. It's the best. I was most unfulfilled when I was killing it in banking. Yeah. And now I'm the most fulfilled, you know, working in businesses that have a real intention 
to go and help people in a number of ways. Yeah, and I don't hear about too many entrepreneurs um, like jumping off of buildings or anything like that when the market crashes. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> That's a great unit of measurement right there. So talking about projects with impact and all that stuff, you've got some new things coming up. What are you excited about? So I'm working on a few projects right now. I have a, a mobility tool, patient education company that we're working on in development called The Muscle Ninja, which is going to be awesome. It just sounds um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so really working heavily with martial arts guys and stuff like that because that's no nobody's reaching them. Um, and we work a lot heavily with them. I see a lot of some of my patients in the UFC, a lot of people in jiu-jitsu. So I really had a chance to experience that world. Um, that world too. And I'm working on a brand with my wife called Soul Ability. It's a podcast, a blog, um, and it really focuses on you connecting with your inner self and being successful by just really figuring out who you are, figuring out your why, and also taking care of this, the vessel that you're in, your body, giving it the right things, like sharpening your axe, like your body is your axe to cut through all the BS and just connect, um, connect spiritually, connect with the environment, connect with people Man, and I, most importantly yourself. I love those both. Okay. Is it unfair to ask you which one you're more excited about muscle ninja or soul ability or is that uh, like picking between kids that you, you can't do it? Uh, soul ability. Definitely. I mean, I'm have more heavily involved in that. Um, for me, it's something close to my heart because I've done a lot of work to figure out who I am and figure out where I'm from and realize that we're all the same, you know, we're all connected. And I just want to really just help people realize that they can do it too. They can live their passion. They can live their purpose. They can make an impact. They can have great relationships. They can have really everything that they need in life because maybe not everything you want is everything you need. But if, you need all that stuff, you're going to have it. Wow. Uh, I absolutely love it. So how can everybody follow you? How can we follow this journey, find out about so SoulAbility? Where do we get it? You could find me on SoulAbility.com or on Facebook and Instagram, both at MySoulAbility. Um, and you can also find me on my personal at DRDeMarco, Instagram and Facebook. Love it. We're going to check you out. So last question for you here, buddy. We talked a lot about impact and we talked a lot about making a difference. And for the love of money, it's really out there to help people realize that um, being successful is not just about money, but it's about what the money can do for the world. Mm -hmm. So my question for you is this. Why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of wealth and success? Well, because money and success allows you to amplify the impact that you can make. If you don't have that, you can only really help people one at a time. You're like one of my mentors, Jesse Elder, told me, you could be the lighthouse, you could be the tugboat. The tugboat helps a lot of ships, but it takes a lot of work, and you can only help one at a time, where the lighthouse does the same job, but the lighthouse shines his light out for millions of ships to see, and it takes a lot less energy, a lot less work to have a much bigger impact, and money allows you to be that lighthouse. Having a lot of it gives you freedom to live your purpose, live your vision, and just make a huge, huge impact in this world. Oh, I love that. What a great note to end this on. Amplify your impact. That's what that's really all it allows you to do. And 
what would you rather be, the lighthouse or the tugboat? I know I'd rather be the lighthouse. Mike, I can't thank you enough for jumping on here, sharing all your wisdom, sharing all your success, and I know everybody else feels the same way. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. I appreciate you. My pleasure, and I can't wait to get you back out here in L.A. Oh, I can't wait. I miss it. All right, man. We'll see you soon. All right, brother. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.